Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're going to be talking about Raised by Yourself. You know, it's amazing, but there are so many people in this life and so many children in this life that are being raised by people who are breeding stock rather than real parents. Unfortunately, with the divorce rates through the roof, with people lacking maturity and responsibility, narcissism is on the rise. And it's been around for many, many years, if not many, many centuries. But the bottom line is, what happens to these kids that get raised by themselves? And, and you know, I can tell you that uh, when I was 10 years old, my parents divorced. And pretty much I was on my own to do whatever I had to do. And, yeah, you know, the uh, refrigerator was empty, uh, you know, spoiled eggs, uh, burnt TV dinners, uh, baking soda to soak up the smell from the spoiled eggs, um, eating a A1 sauce with uh, uh, cottage cheese because that's all there was to eat. You know, there's just all kinds of crazy stuff that a kid has to go through. You know, no help on your homework. There's no one at home to yell at you about your grades when you bring your report card home. Nobody's proud of you. Nobody cares. And this is some of the issues that you go through, but there's a whole laundry list of more. Complaining about being lonely only to have the stuff your parents bought you thrown in your face. Um, how you, uh, how come you feel lonely? We bought you this. I bought you that. I did this for you five months ago. You know, you, you, uh, you know, have to earn your own money. If you want money, that means you got to mow lawns or do do anything you can to make money because allowance is out the door. Um, and if you're sad, you can't even go out every night without some, uh, you know, somebody making you feel bad about it. Uh, as far as uh, making friends, nobody wants to make friends because you come from a divorced family or you're by yourself and you're on your own and they don't want you to be a bad influence on their child. And so you end up with the, the, the kids that are, you know, smoking pot and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Thank God I didn't get caught in that crowd too long. But yes, I did experience some of that, you know, feeling immature for wanting your mom or your dad to comfort you. That's not there. Enjoying time with your parents, regardless of how sour they're being, because at least they're there. You know, they're caught up in themselves sometimes or they're divorced one or the other or you're caught in the middle and you're having to be tossed back and forth between one house and the other. You know, and, and that's another way of being raised by yourself because then you got to follow one person's rules and then you got the other person's rules. And that can be very, very confusing. You know, not having a bedtime is another part of not having parents. You know, you'll fall asleep, maybe doing homework or maybe playing a video game or whatever, you know, or you may never go to sleep. You know, you may uh, uh, be watching uh, Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're into you know, playing uh, Minecraft or whatever you're into, but uh, you're also often by neighbors lab labeled as the bad kid, 
you know, that you, you can't control the people who bred and had you, but your value is what you tend to wonder. Why am I here? Why am I here? Why did they bring me here to this planet in this family? What is it that they want from me as a child? You know, uh, if you're being pawned off on other people when your parent gets a call or has to go to work or has a new boyfriend or a girlfriend or has decided they need to go on a drunk binge or a drug binge or whatever they go on. You know, no matter how many times you, you, you call somebody your aunt that's a stranger or an uncle that's a stranger – uh, that in or, or you end up sleeping on their couch because it's lumpy and crappy and you can't even sleep there and you don't even really know that person very well, but you have to latch on to them because they may be the only person in your life who cares. You know, staying at home when you're way too young, you know, what, what would happen if you, you ate a poison or if you got injured? Nobody cares. And that's the kind of life kids live when they have to rely on themselves to raise themselves, you know, and then your parents will guilt you out because of the things that they think they are always doing for you. I'm providing you. I'm working far jobs. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Yeah, but you had me and you're not doing the job of raising me. And that is very confusing because throughout the course of your life, you're going to have a lot of challenges to face and, and wonder, why am I here? What's going on? And why did they have me? And now they want me to take care of them as they get old when they never took care of me. You know, what do you do when you're a kid? You're scared when somebody knocks on the door, or rings the doorbell, when your parents are at work or they're out all night. You know, what are you going to do? Depend on a babysitter? You probably don't have one. You know, if you turn the stove on, maybe it bursts into flames or burn down the house. You know, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to be kidnapped? Are you going to be, you know, what? what is your value? That, that is the question that many of these latchkey children have as they go through life. And it has a huge psychological impact. You know, you have to get a job as early as you can if you want to survive. You have to clean or wash dishes, take out the trash, dog walking, babysitting, whatever, mowing lawns. You know, if you aren't legal to work, you're le you aren't legal to pay taxes, which is great. But these people, you know, are going to rip you off as a kid because you're not going to do the quality job that an adult will do. And so you're stuck in this place of poverty. And then you stop imagining what it's going to be like to go to college. You stop imagining what it's like to be safe. In a, instead of living in a first world country, you end up living in a third world country and a Third world country is about loyalty and survival. It is not about a further education, higher, higher learning, um, better opportunities. It's not about that. So to break out of that when you have crappy parents is very, very hard. You know, not trusting your parents can be the greatest challenge you face in this life because if you can't trust them, how can you trust anybody? You know, they might come through. They might forget to pick you up from battle basketball practice. They might forget to pick you up from school because they're watching some other movie or something that they want to watch or doing something that they want to do. So maybe they'll leave you for four, three, four hours by yourself to not 
be able to be taken accounted for and be responsible. You know, some other things that are traits of, of a, a kid who's a latchkey kid is uh, be, being a pessimist. You have to be. Don't ever get your hopes up that your parents are going to show up at some event that, that actually honors you. You know, being made fun of uh, for not knowing how to do things because your parents never taught you to do things. That's part of raising yourself. Sometimes you even get made fun of by the parents who weren't there to teach you those things. And of course, you know, these kind of people are jerks. And so they will judge kids that are not up to par with their children. And so you're looked at not only through the parents' eyes of other children, but the other children as less than developmentally. Having other people uh, tell you your parents are so cool when they're not cool at all. You know, your house is automatically a, a venue for sleepovers. No parents to scream and run the sleepover, but it's who's sleeping over. And that creates even further mental damage, especially if it's molestation or sexual, whatever it is, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, it's going to get you in trouble because you are so desperate to attach to someone in this life that you can't attach to your parents. So now we start to learn that people cannot be trusted and people are unhealthy. And there we go on into our adult life from there. You know, if you if you had to be a kid who signed your own permission slips and detention slips, you know, you, you got so good that your friends even asked you to do that. You know, you have this independence at an early age and it can make your you make your own doctor's appointments, maybe. You know, getting yelled at for independence whenever your parents come home and decide they want to be parents again. That's very confusing and that's very difficult. Once again, there's a huge difference. About 50% of the parents out there are breeding stock. The other 50%, God help us, are parents of some semblance. But we don't know what semblance they are because they all come in different uh, 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 spectrums of what a parent would be. You know, the, 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 the basic human things like how to do laundry, iron clothes, you know, f f learning from uh, uh, the Internet and YouTube is what we have to do to be raised because our parents aren't there to help us. You know, it, it's just amazing what resources a kid has to use when their parents are not in their life. You know, filling out job uh, applications on your 16th birthday because now you can officially get a job. You know, when you grow up too fast, when you have to do everything for yourself, you get a false sense of adulthood. That means I have to be always right because I invented being right. And so these kind of people oftentimes find themselves doing the same thing of narcissism, of always having to be right rather than being good listeners. And so we have to be very careful in this life when we think about having children. You know, how serious do you take that? Because what you're creating is the next generation. And what you are doing is subjecting yourself to taking responsibility. But when people have children and they don't take responsibility, we end up with kids that are off their hook, crazy, doing everything they can to become an adult as fast as they can and losing their childhood, losing their ability to be a child. You know, uh, uh, it's amazing. You, you uh, find a partner uh, that when you're raised by yourself and all of a sudden they're all excited about having holidays and family and you're like, 
what is this about? I never had this. You know, I never got excited about holidays. Why would you get excited about holidays? My parents never really expressed much of a holiday tradition. So this is the kind of thing that we often find ourselves challenged with. You know, what do you want to do later in life when your parents are sick? Are you going to spend your life making their life better? No, they didn't leave any, they didn't create anything for you in your childhood. They had no integrity. So why not just leave them in a nursing home? Let them have a heart attack in the in the hospital. Yes, that's what our heart wants us to do. That's not what our mind wants us to do, excuse me, because we're so angry and resentful at them. But at the same time, some of us have had to take so much responsibility when we're raised by ourselves that we actually do take accountability, hoping that we teach these parents what it is to be a responsible human being. You know, when you have when you can watch whatever movie you want, watch whatever pornography you want, it's all available to you because there's no parents there, you know, uh, uh, filling out new school papers so you can go to school by yourself. You know, th that's amazing that you have to do that as a child. But there are kids in this world, many kids, more than you can count, that have to do all of this by themselves, you know, when being defensive. And having to defend these awful parents that you may have because other people can see that your parents may not be that good. And so you uh, have to defend them. And then you begin to cuss and you begin to do whatever you want. You fight and do, you know, it, it's just amazing what what we have to do when we're raised by ourselves. You know, uh, uh, you accidentally parent your friends. And this is another problem with kids that raise themselves. They end up being in a parental role because they've had to parent themselves. Now other kids come to them because they don't have parents that are very good. And they end up being parented by their best friend and they think that's friendship. No, that's seeking someone else to be your parent because you don't have one at home. You know, another problem with being raised by yourself is having sex before you're ready. Because you think you're grown and can handle it. But the next thing you know, you're 16, 17, 18, even 15, 14, 13 years old having children. You know, it's amazing. But we allow this in our society. We do not watch out for this in our society. And it is prevalent in our society. And these people end up having their own children and their own families with their own problems because of this thing and god help us if we actually have instead of breeding stock real parents real parents who want to step up and take care of their children so what is a real parent you know self-reliance means being confident in your own abilities and be able to do things for yourself but what that means is you want to be self-reliant as a child depending on your adults guidance your parents guidance you know you want to learn how to gather information, how to analyze information, how to make decisions. This is what parents teach. They help us to do. Uh, um, regulating our emotions is another thing parents teach us to do. You know, behavior, studying, working. That's all very, very important. Interpersonal, how to have social skills, how to make friends, how to have teamwork, how to communicate. These are great things that parents have to teach us. Unfortunately, Breeding stock don't have it in them. You know, practical things like doing the laundry, cooking meals, managing your finances, parent, parent, parent. You know, clearly self-reliance should be an essential focus in a parent's effort to raise their children. And self-reliance is 
is not something that your children can gain on their own. They have neither the perspective nor the experience to develop self-reliance separately from you. Rather, it's a gift you give your children that they cherish and benefit their entire lives. You can provide your children with several essential things like self-reliance, self-responsibility. Give your children love and respect so they love and respect themselves. A sense of security that allows them to explore and actually expand on their knowledge, expand on their brain, make their life better. But that's what real parents provide the platform for. Unfortunately, those who are raised by themselves never got this and never learned it because they had narcissistic parents. And we're going to talk about what those look like in just a bit. But one thing you should absolutely must do that precedes almost everything to be a parent. It's your job and it's your relationship with your children. If you assume your role as a parent, your children can more easily assume their role as the children. Being your child's friend, which is not your job, can create additional dependence because now they're focused on you rather than themselves. They're focused on you being their friend. It's hard to be parented by a friend. That's not the role of a parent. So you need to be parent first, friend second. And parent means I'm always looking out for the best for you. Knowing that you're the parent, children establishes clear boundaries and roles and responsibilities that enable them to pursue their work in their life, their life, setting them up to be successful is one of the greatest things to see when your children grow up and you see them become successful because of your parenting. Unfortunately, narcissistic parents see their self-reliant children, the ones that raise themselves, and then they end up trying to take credit for how their children's success has been because they're so narcissistic. Even though they don't do the parenting role, they want to take the, the credit for the success that a child who raised themselves gets. And that is a very confusing thing for an adult in this life who ended up raising themselves. You know, your role as a parent initially is providing structure, which tells a kid that you love them. When you take the time to establish structure, you are telling a child you love them. When you set boundaries, when you set expectations, you set consequences, that means you have skin in the game and that you're there for them. That is love. You need to equate that to love, that structure, boundaries, expectations, consequences, all inform your children subconsciously that they are safe and you are looking out for them. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about healthy, but then we're going to go into what these narcissistic parents do to create a self-reliant, raised, self-raised child. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. 
That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about raised by yourself, and you know, I'm... Here's the deal. If you've been raised by yourself, you had no role model for how to parent. And so it's really important to understand that there's certain things that you've got to do to raise your children. One of the most important things is the transition involving the shift from micromanaging, which when children are very young, to, to help them develop their skills and then to managing, to keeping that structure and the consequences and boundaries And then simply giving feedback as they grow up into their teen years. You know, this evolution uh, means giving your children more options and decisions, fewer boundaries, expectations, fewer consequences, more freedom to determine the course of their life. And so studying parenting, if you were raised by yourself, should be one of it can be one of the most powerful things you're going to do if you're going to have children. Unfortunately, a lot of people who raise themselves make the determination that they never want to have children because they were so pathetically raised. You know, one of your tasks as a parent is to teach your children about responsibility. The best way to ensure that you and your children assume the appropriate responsibilities is that each of you know what your responsibilities are. And if you and your children have a clear understanding of what is expected, which means you've set structure and you've set up an idea of what they need to do and what they don't need to do, then it'll be easier for everybody to stay within the lines. You know, but you've got to make an agreement with your kid and you've got to adjust it as they get older. You can't just leave it as it was and and not let them take more responsibility as they get older, because when they go off on their own, they're going to have to take responsibility for themselves. You know, before you 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 share your thoughts with them, have them describe what they will need to do to succeed. And then you kind of know where to fill in the gap, you know. Ideally, there should be consequences for both your children and yourself. That means you have to take responsibility when you make mistakes. That's an important part of raising children. And there needs to be absolute clarity of your intentions when you are raising your children. That means I am always well-intended. I am not trying to hurt you. 
I am trying to help you. Every time that I discipline, that means that I'm trying to help you. And so, you know, if we demand that kind of understanding, then what happens is forgiveness is much easier between you and your child. You know, we have to learn that we do not want to take on what was the narcissistic role of our own parents when we were being raised by ourselves. We need to understand that it's a shared experience and we want to give our gifts, our kids the gift of having that in their life so that when they move on, they grow and expand and go well beyond what we do in our own life. That is the goal. You know, early in your child's life, you need to keep them on a fairly short leash to ensure their safety. And you want to keep an eye on them when they're playing or, or, or never allow them to wander too far away from you. But that may not have happened in your childhood. And so what you have to understand is you don't want to hover. You don't want to be a hover dad or a hover mom. But what you do want to do is make sure you keep an eye on them. And that may be hard to do knowing that you never got that yourself. You know, there's a fine line between a sense of security and a sense of dependence. And when your children have established their sense of security, you must then encourage them to explore the world beyond safety that you provide. And this push out of the nest allows your children to take the first steps towards self-reliance by enabling them to test their own capabilities, but not abandoning them, which is what people do when they let their children raise them themselves. You know, here's narcissistic parents. Children of narcissistic parents often had difficult childhoods where they constantly tried to and failed to live up to the challenging expectations of their parents. Narcissists have an excessive need for praise and validation and have little regard for the feelings and needs of others. As a matter of fact, unless someone serves them, they have very little need for them. You know, as parents, they're often emotionally unavailable, neglectful, abusive, and their children often struggle with self-esteem, which is what happens when you're raised by yourself, anxiety, depression, unhealthy relationships, being looked down on by society and other children, having a hard time socializing, having a hard time fitting in, having a hard time setting your life up to go to college, having a hard time actually making friends. You know, it's embarrassing when you have to raise yourself for the fact that kids come over to your house and they see you have no rules, but then they go home and they got rules at their house and they may have real parents, but you will never see that when you have narcissistic parents. They're often emotionally abusive to their kids. They hold them to impossible and, and constantly changing expectations to keep their kids off balance. And those with a narcissistic personality disorder are highly sensitive and defensive, and they always have to be right. And what they do is they end up creating a child that always has to be right, that will lie and deceive, because that's what they have to do just to survive. And then they get married, and everything's based on a relationship of trust, and guess what? They can't be trusted, because they had to lie through their whole childhood to keep themselves out of trouble from their narcissistic parents. Um, you know, they lack uh, the self-awareness and empathy for people, these narcissistic parents, including their children. Their children are byproducts of everything they hate about themselves. And so they project on their children the very things that they hate about themselves. And so they're often described as being unpredictable because they're hot and cold. They make it hard for children to know what to expect. 
they also abuse and they have a lasting negative effects on a child's life all the way into adulthood because they have a thing called narcissistic rage where their rage will fill the room because I am God. This shall be what will happen. And you, my servant, will do whatever I tell you to do. You know, it can be very challenging to judge your own parents. In some situations, child can feel very special and cared for, if not loved by these parents, because they do what's called the honeymoon phase. They will love you after they've done something horrible to you. They'll love you and show you their love and buy you something and do fun things for you. And then all of a sudden they start to abandon you again. And then you do something wrong, like get in trouble with school and they, they get a phone call and all of a sudden, boom, they abuse you. And then they love you again. And then they treat you nice. And then they bring you close and you know tell you how much they love you. And then they do the same crap again. They'll let you go, let you reel off, stop paying attention to you, and then crash. You make them look bad, and then they abuse you again. That's narcissism. They can be hard to spot because they tend to put a lot of energy and effort into being very charming to the outside world. Unfortunately, to the outside world, they may appear to be some of the greatest people you will ever know. But no, when they get home, they turn you, your child, their children, the, the children that they have power over, into objects you know their love from a narcissist is uh, is very conditional and one of the most common signs of being raised by a narcissist is feeling unloved and that it was your fault because you did or you did not do something right and this is called conditional love because there are certain conditions that have to be met in order to receive it and so conditional love is common in abuse homes and is devastating long-term effects on kids because as adults we go into life and we presume that conditional love is all we're going to get and that means that's all we give to our partners because we've never learned what it is to love ourselves and so narcissistic parents take yourself away so you don't learn how to love and so when you're raised by yourself you are walking on uncharted landmines every single day of your life you know they are very charming and so schools will think oh my gosh these parents are incredible they're such nice people and they lie and they deceive and they show all kinds of signs of what they are by what they buy their children or what clothes their children wear but underneath it there's a sense of emptiness in their children and and and, and that unloved feeling that conditional love is is something that is pervasive uh, throughout their life as a theme. And so it's very hard to get a child who raised themselves to understand what self-love is and what it is to be able to be in a lifelong, committed, loving relationship, hopefully a relationship with God involved. That can be sustaining. That can be healing. But it takes the idea of moving away from your narcissistic parents and Stop calling them dad and mom and call them by the names they are and look at them as a human being they are rather than what you labeled them as as a child because they weren't what you labeled them, mom or dad. They were abusers is what they were. You know, people with narcissistic personality have a way of always making a situation about them and their tendency to make things about them may have meant that you felt unheard, unseen, invisible, and even during moments that were supposed to be about you like your birthday or graduation, your parent may have found a way to make themselves the center of attention. 
And so what you have to understand is it is very easy for a child that was raised by narcissists to look for another narcissist in a partner and become the codependent for the narcissistic partner because that's all they ever knew. That's all they ever did was raise themselves and be the net for everybody else. And that creates the propensity for uh, for being a, a codependent. And because narcissists operate in an all-about-me fashion, the world revolves around them and their needs and their desires in their mind, and they continue to be selfish and expect others, including their children, to cater to them. So when their child does well, they take credit and brag about the child. And when the child struggles, they blame the child and others for it. And they're controlling and they're readily induce guilt in their children because because they don't parent, so what they do is they operate from guilt and shame. They give their child so much rope, the child ends up uh, not understanding what's right or wrong, not understanding what to do because they have no tools. And so they go out into the world and try to do the best they can, and yet that they get knocked down just for doing that. And so these narcissistic parents are horrible because they create such a hesitancy in a child to actually self-actuate and create a life for themselves. They lack the courage, they lack the self-esteem, and so they're getting off into their adult life on a very, very weak uh, note. And comparatively, they start looking around at other kids that may or may not have had as much abuse as they've had, and they look at them as, wow, they've got all these tools Yet they're a turd. You know, they're not nearly as smart as me. They're not. They're, they didn't have to do what I had to do, and yet we, as children that have been raised by ourselves, tend to tend to have a sense of feeling alone and feeling alienated and feeling misunderstood. You know, uh, uh, if we want to identify narcissistic parents, they have conversations that are always being about them. They take credit for your achievements. They credited conflict or drama to draw attention to themselves. They made everything personal, even when it had nothing to do with them. And they always needed to do the one-up when you achieve something. Well, I did this. Well, you do. You know, they make it about them. Your success is about them. Another sign that you were raised by narcissists is experiencing self-doubt. So narcissists are often skilled at gaslighting, which is the abusive tactic of twisting and distorting the truth in ways that can make a person question and doubt reality. I'm crazy. I must be crazy. That's what the narcissist wants to do to you as their child is make you feel like you're the crazy one because they can't face their own crazy. You know, telling you that you're imagining or making things up. No, this person sexually abused me. This person touched me. This person did your my step parent did this or that. No, they don't believe that. They can't believe it. Can't believe it. They believe you exaggerate the truth because they do. They, they list past times that they said you lied or imagined or made something up because that's what they do. They twist what you did or, or, or what happened. That's what they do. And so the bottom line is you've got to understand that when you're raised by narcissistic parents, as you get older, you need to distance yourself as much as possible from these people because they are very very unhealthy to hinge your life to for the rest of your life. As a matter of fact, you do not owe your parents anything. You owe yourself to, to recover from the childhood of having to raise yourself and 
try to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, learn how to be a husband, learn how to be a wife, learn how to be a parent, and actually step into those roles and find out what healthy really looks like. When we try to mirror what our parents did as children, even if you had a healthy growing up, you are not going to adapt to the time and the place that we're in and the technology that our children are exposed to and the things that our kids are educated about. You have to step in to parenting. If you're going to have children, you got to step in and do the job and take accountability for yourself and take accountability for raising your children and making mistakes because all we're entitled to as parents is doing good enough. That's all we can do. We are not perfect. We never will be. We have to settle for the idea that I'm good enough. You know, if it, you know, if you, if you felt like it wasn't okay for you to tell your parent how you felt or what you wanted or needed growing up, it may be an indication that your parent had narcissism. And so the thing is, is what we want to say is I prefer when we are able to state a preference, you know, I prefer this. I prefer that. You're never going to offend anybody, but you're actually putting out there what you need from other people. I prefer by doing that. You are actually establishing what you would want in this life, and now people are learning how to give back to you. And that's a very important component of setting boundaries in life. The other thing is telling people what you can do and what you can't do. That moves us away from codependency. That means that we are allowing other people to understand that we have boundaries. The biggest issue with codependency is you've been trained by narcissistic parents to not have boundaries when it comes to them, that their needs are above all needs because they are the god of the home. They are the narcissistic parent, and so you're trained to meet their needs. That, in, in turn, is what we end up looking for in a partner. And when we do that, we sell ourselves out. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries is what a raised a child who raised themselves need. Boundaries. I can do this, but I can't do that. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. That is one of the most important lessons that a child has to learn coming through a narcissistic parenting system. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about not only the narcissistic parents and trying to get away from that unhealthiness, but we're going to talk about healing the inner child. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley 
as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about being raised by yourself. And, you know, that's oftentimes, the, you know, abject poverty can, can create a, a child being raised by themselves. Divorce can, can really, truly cause a child to be raised by themselves. But there are effects that happen because you're raised by yourself. Oftentimes your parent turns into a fairly selfish person. Um, you know, when you're raised by narcissists, you will often have low self-esteem, shame, insecurities throughout the course of your life, trust issues and relationships, being vulnerable, anxious, attachment is one of the big issues. Also high levels of self-doubt, not trusting yourself to make decisions, uh, needing approval, invalidations of other people, uh, being codependent or caretaking, always in any kind of relationship. There's also these perfectionistic tendencies, which is very depressing because that has expectations. Expectations lead to depression because when they're not met, there's a failure attached to that. You know, trouble standing up for yourself or setting boundaries or saying no. That's a problem of being raised by narcissists. Difficulty identifying or expressing your feelings or your wants or needs, then your vocabulary, your emotional IQ is very low. So crying or yelling or having rage can represent frustration or, or, or hunger or a million other things, just like when a baby cries because you have not had the chance to express your own feelings. So therefore, your vocabulary of feelings is very primitive. Also, you know, uh, trouble separating from parents or being independent from them because they were so dependent on you and not feeling like you've developed a strong identity or sense of who you are because you never met your parents' expectations of you. Also, there's this unhealthy or toxic adult relationships because we don't learn how to have a relationship with ourselves, so we end up not having good relationships with other people. So anxiety and depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, substance abuses, those are things that are very common in children who've raised themselves. And, and so it's really important to understand that therapy can do a great help for somebody who has ended up raising themselves, but they would have to submit themselves to the idea of being helped by someone else. Now let's talk about the inner child because the inner child is what is most damaged. Now what happens with an inner child is, let's say I was gaslighted at eight years old, 
So what will likely happen is if I was made to think I was crazy, that everything I said was a lie, that I was I was guilty for everything that somebody else was responsible for, what will happen is that will shape who I am at that age. And my reactions to people when they gaslight me is going to be much like that eight-year-old child. So as an adult, if I'm gaslighted, I may come from that eight-year-old that was abused, and that may be the emotional equivalent of what a person gets from me as my adult self. So inner child means that we freeze during times that we were abused in our childhood, especially severely. And so we freeze, and that means that we will, as adults, act like that little child at whatever age that was abused or neglected or scared or traumatized. We will come from that place and, and project on people that are 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 sim are acting in a similar or a reflective way, or anything that reminds us of that abuse, we come from the age where we were abused. So our maturity does not match up with our age, and then we look like we have lost our mind. So what you have to do is you've got to not only raise yourself when you're a child, but you've got to raise your child when you're an adult. That means you've got to raise your inner child. You've got to comfort them and make them feel safe inside yourself. An awareness of that, you uh, think back to lighter carefree years, being in touch with the joys of childhood can be a really good way of dealing with challenging times. Not everyone associates childhood with playfulness and fun. If you experience neglect and trauma, emotional pain, your inner child might feel small, vulnerable, in need of protection, and then part of you is going to defend that inner child from a very childish perspective. And we may do that with our partner to the point that our partner just can't stand being around us because we act like a child all the time when we do conflict. You know, hiding pain doesn't heal it. Instead, it often surfaces in your adult life. So showing up in distress in personal relationships or difficulty meeting your own needs, working to heal that inner child and finding out what are the triggers and what am I doing when I get triggered like that. You know, anger and rage are the big problem with a person that's raised by themselves because they don't understand how it comes across to other people. Here's the roots to rage. If you really want to understand anger management in a very simple way, anytime you're disrespected, which means you don't have a voice, you're probably going to go to rage. Anytime you have fear, you're probably going to go to rage because that's fight or flight. So if you put disrespect and fear together, we have trauma, fight or flight. So our fight or flight brain gets really well trained with narcissistic parents because they catch us off guard all the time. And they keep us on pins and needles all the time. And they keep us in fight or flight all the time. So that fight or flight part of our brain becomes reinforced and reinforced through childhood. And now the inner child is basically running free as an adult because we don't have the scary parent there. Now we project on other people that they're the scary person because we're afraid of attaching. We're afraid of attaching because we couldn't even attach to our own parents. So healing your inner child can take time, but there's some really important things to do. To begin healing, you have to acknowledge their presence. And anyone can get in touch with their inner child if they're open to exploring the relationship and discovering where was I disrespected, where was I afraid, or where was I both disrespected and afraid. If you understand those two elements, 
begin to understand where your inner child is going to be the most pervasive. How do I react when I'm disrespected? How do I act when I'm afraid? How do I act when I'm both disrespected and afraid? Those are the keys. And if you write that stuff down and make it conscious, now you have to develop an alternative to how I'm going to respond to disrespect. Am I going to be more patient or am I going to live in this narrative that everybody is out there to hurt me? Am I going to go to this big picture of I'm a scared little child or am I going to go, I'm going to be a patient adult and I'm going to, instead of react, I'm going to respond emotionally. I'm not going to live within the, my emotional reaction. I am going to choose to respond as a logical adult human being. And that's when we begin to manage that inner child part of ourselves. And that means there's a process of acknowledging that mostly that inner child involves recognizing and accepting things that caused your pain in childhood and bringing those hurts out to the light so you can begin to understand the impact that these things have had on you. And many people find it helpful, even soothing, to address their inner child as they would a living person so they don't feel afraid to give it a child. After opening the door to a connection with your inner child, it's important to listen to the feelings that enter. These feelings often come up in situations that trigger, and this is where you want to know it, where you have strong emotions, strong discomfort, old wounds that is where your inner child is at play whenever that happens that's your little nut you know that's the your little button that turns you into a crazy person you might know you might notice that you're angry over unmet needs abandonment or rejection or the threat of abandonment or rejection will, will nut you up insecurities about i don't know what the outcome is going to be that will nut you up vulnerability, guilt or shame, anxiety. You know, if you can trace these feelings back to a specific events in your childhood, you can actually understand how to parent that inner child that got damaged back in childhood. Anger over unmet needs, abandonment, rejection, insecurity, vulnerability, guilt or shame, anxiety, all of those. Pack them into a box and outline when did these things happen to me as a child so I can come to grips with it. The, 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 the partner suddenly becomes busy with work and doesn't have time for the big night out that you plan while, and while you prefer to spend time with you, uh, you feel rejected and frustrated. So your partner, let's say you're, you're married or whatever, you're in relationship and they can't, don't have time for you. Now we're going into our inner child because we've had abandonment issues when we were a child. And so we want to listen to those feelings of your inner child and let yourself experience them instead of going into fear, 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 fear. Go into, I have faith that they're going to come back. I have faith everything's going to be okay. Don't catastrophize. Don't go into that. That's what a parent would tell you to do. Have faith. Don't live in fear. The problem with an inner child that's been damaged throughout childhood is they've learned to live in fear. When faith enters, fear leaves. When fear enters, faith leaves. So we have to live in faith. So if you're going to take a swipe of fear, oh no, I'm afraid they're going to abandon me. Take a swipe of faith. I have faith they're going to come back and everything's going to be okay. I have faith we can deal with this. I have faith we can work through this. That is the more important place for you to be. Not living in the fear of your inner child and then coming from an emotional reaction 
from that child at that age, whatever age that they were abused. You know, maybe you want to write about your childhood memories from your adult perspective and, and offer insight and explanations for distressing circumstances so you can humanize all of the people in your life that traumatized you, that you can understand their human laws and their human nature in order to be able to basically process in a new and different way. You know, once you stu- once you read through that letter of what your, your, your child went through, once you go through that information, you want to start asking yourself, you know, how do I feel about this? How can I support that little child that went through all this? What do you need from me? What would I give my child if they had been through something like this? And, and and if you sit with those questions, it leads you to answers. And, and it might take you a lot of time before your, your inner child feels safe and secure. But if they know that you're consciously aware of what they have gone through and what they have been through and what, what they might go through and how they're responding, that means that you're in charge rather than them. That is a great comfort. That is a great comfort to know that your adult self is now in charge and not your inner child because we don't have self-regulation when we're raised by ourselves. You know, if you ask your, your inner child, one of the great things that would help get to that part of you is meditation. It's a great method of opening yourself up for answers. It has plenty of benefits for physical, mental health, but a few of these relate directly to inner child work. Meditation boosts mindful awareness, and it teaches you to witness what am I thinking so that you are a third party to what you're thinking. It teaches you to pay more attention to feelings that come up in life, and greater mindfulness around your emotions makes it easier for you to notice when you're out of balance. And so it makes you really more comfortable with unwanted emotions. And that is a very important thing because children often have a hard time naming uncomfortable emotions, especially when, when they're not encouraged to express them. And this may repress or bury the feelings, which turns them into little passive aggressive adults. So they hold it in, then they hold it in, and thematically it's like a teapot that's boiling and eventually it hits the boiling point and boom, it, it blows up. And what happens is, that inner child, that person that's raised themselves, looks like they're crazy because they blow up and act like a child uh, when they're actually held something in over and over and over and again. They finally try to confront it, and they look like the crazy one. That makes life nuts. All right. That's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, why join the Navy when you can be a pirate? (laughs) Be so busy improving yourself that you forget about criticizing other people. Wouldn't that be great? Boys are less drama than girls, but harder to keep alive. Also remember, what you do today can improve all your tomorrows. That's Ralph Marston. And if your mother-in-law criticizes your parenting, remind them that you also are raising their child. That's our 
our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back. 